Next on BYU Sports Nation, it is a game day eve for the Cougars against the Toledo Rockets. Who will be the Y factor in tomorrow's game? We'll preview the matchup with the voice of the Toledo Rockets, Brent Balbinot. And which will have a bigger impact, the Cougar Rush defense or the Rush offense? BYUSN starts now. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, your hosts, Jerem Jordan and Jason Shepard. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere, and they will be everywhere today, tomorrow, every day. As the Cougars take on Toledo tomorrow, very excited. It's Friday, September 27th, game day eve. I'm Jerem Jordan. Spencer Linton will join us from Toledo. So I'm teamed up with the man who is my elder. Therefore, he has a broadcasting advantage, Jason Shepard. It's true. I mean, because you were older, uh, more mature. I noticed you didn't say the more mature part. You just basically well, said I was older. Well, for debate. Okay. <laughs> look, it, look this, is, this is nothing new. Uh, this happens every time somebody plays BYU, <laughs> especially like in football. Uh, and, and this week is no different. I, and, and here's the thing. I but, w- but this week was handled differently. This was, this was not coming. The, the coach did not volunteer this, was not going there. Jason Candle, the head coach of the Toledo Rockets, was asked by a reporter about BYU's perceived advantage because they're older. And this is what Jason Candle said. I love this he said, quote, well, we don't check IDs before we play. It really <laughs> isn't that big of a deal. It is what it is. This is a football game. You prepare for them like you prepare for every other team oh, that you play. Finally, an answer that He's makes like, sense. it's not a big deal. Yes. And again, I give him credit for not going there. The only reason he even commented on it was because a reporter Asked him about it. Yeah, so well done, Jason Candle. you got a couple of fans here in Provo. <laughs> Here's what's on the show today. Voice of the Toledo Rockets, Brent Balbinot, will join us. Uh, he, we'll ask him where to go if you're headed to the game there in Toledo uh, to see the sights and sounds of uh, Toledo. Spencer Linton live as well on the scene. We'll talk about uh, who replaces Tyson Williams and in that run game. Uh, and uh, going for two picks, I've got a, a sizable lead. Will Spencer cut into that uh, deficit? But first, today's headlines. Game day eve tomorrow, BYU plays in the Glass Bowl against the Toledo Rockets, the Cougars' first Mack road game since 1970. How about that? The year you were born. Nope. Coverage starts, maybe you, coverage starts at 10 Eastern on BYU Radio, 11 Eastern on BYU TV. Game on ESPN Plus and BYU Radio. Don't be a cheapskate, just pay the five bucks. Also, Jake Oldroyd has been added to the Ray Guy Award watch list for Best Punter. Scary night last night on Thursday Night Football. Jamal Williams carted off the field on a stretcher last night after taking a late helmet-to-helmet hit in the first quarter. In fact, the very first offensive play for the Packers. Now, the Green Bay would go on to lose to the Eagles 20, or 34-27. After receiving tests for head and neck injuries, the Packers announced he was feel, had feeling and movement in all of its extremities. So, certainly good news after a very scary situation. And he did post on uh, Instagram the only thing he was embarrassed about was not finishing the game. Right. So that's great to hear that he's okay. That was a really scary situation and a very uh, late hit. Didn't really like the hit, right? Scary. Cougars in the NFL Sunday. Michael Davis and the Chargers will take on the Dolphins, who may be relegated to college football soon. <laughs> Kyle Van and the Patriots play the Bills. Sione Takitaki and the Browns play the Ravens. Daniel Sorensen, Andy Reid, and Jason Shepard's Chiefs will go up against the Lions. Ziggy onside has a back injury, but could play Sunday for my Seahawks against the Cardinals. And Taysom Hill and the Saints play the Cowboys, which, by the way, Krista Thompson did a cool seven-minute piece that's out there on Twitter with Taysom Hill. 
hilarious. Go watch that for her uh, show on FS1. And speaking of my Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes sending out uh, well wishes to Jamal Williams last night. A lot of guys. Well, and you you may wonder the connection. They actually have the same agent, Lee Steinberg. So they they do know each other. He was Steve Young's agent. Absolutely. So we're going to get all three of them on the show. show. Lee has been on the show. show. And number five, women's soccer beats Long Beach State 3-0 for their seventh consecutive shutout. This team is is on a roll. Goals came from Ellie Mon, Elise Flake, and Ella Ballstat, which brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. How's this for halftime adjustments? 17 of BYU's 25 goals this season have been scored in the second half. They are dominating. That's awesome. They this, are dominating. This team is awesome. Yeah, absolutely. The Cougars now 9-0 on the season. They will host UC Irvine tomorrow. It is the final non-conference game of the season at Southfield, 9 p.m. Eastern time on BYU TV and BYU Radio. You and I and the fans have a fun day tomorrow Yes, with football and soccer. Starts Can't bright wait. and early and ends late, and it's going to be awesome. That's every day. Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. BYU and Toledo meet for the second time ever. It's BYU's second game on the road this season, second in the Eastern time zone, first against a group of five teams. So, Jason, how do you feel about tomorrow's matchup with the Rockets? I may coin a phrase here. I am nervously nervously optimistic. Nervously optimistic. (laughs) It seems like that would, you know, not jive. I believe BYU's the better team. BYU is okay. favored in this. In fact, it's BYU's first game this season in which they are favored. Now, that's a, according to Vegas. Two and a half. Now, the ESPN Football Power Index says, I believe it's like 54% in 56. favor of 56 yep. in favor of, of, of Toledo. I think BYU is the better team. I think BYU has the size advantage. I think they will outmuscle the Rockets. But Toledo's run production scares me to death. And that's what makes me nervous. It's an absolute must for BYU's defense to find a way to slow that down and reverse the defensive rushing trends. I think we will see more in the box. I joked yesterday we'll put 11 in the box. 11. Probably not going to be. What is this, punt block? In, uh, it's Matt, probably Madden? not going to be all 11, but I, I would expect to see something differently, And which, will, by the way, will help immensely. You put a little more in the box. I think BYU will do a much better job against the run. BYU is the better team. I believe they will win, but that rushing attack scares me. Yeah, absolutely. There's some things that certainly have your attention when it comes to this matchup. What Toledo did against Colorado State was very impressive. Ran for 450 or whatever. Bryant Kobach ran for 228. Mitchell Guadani had over 100 yards as the quarterback. I think BYU is set up to defend an obvious strength of an opponent uh, if it's one-sided very well. USC was clearly going to come in and pass the ball. And what did BYU do? They dropped eight, made them run. USC got back into the game that way, but forced a freshman quarterback to make some turnovers. I think BYU will force Toledo to be uncomfortable, and that will be loading the box, stopping the run, and if BYU has some success in that, I'm not confident that Mitchell Guadani can beat BYU with his arm. He completed six passes last week, didn't need to do much. Crazy efficient when he does throw, but that's because he's getting the linebackers to suck in in uh, play action. I think BYU will have success tomorrow against Toledo. I do not expect 2016 revisited 55-53. I respect Toledo as a team. I think they're really good. Lost to Kentucky, beat up on FCS, Murray State in a shutout, and then beat Colorado State. I don't think BYU is Colorado State. I don't think there's some transitive property that would qualify here. 
I think that BYU is a team that beat a ranked USC team yep. that beat number 10 Utah. They're the right? better team in this matchup. Therefore, BYU greater than you. No, Utah, no, that doesn't. <laughs> that transit property doesn't slide. But I believe that BYU will show up on the road and play well. The big question is, will the rushing offense show up for BYU without Tyson Williams? Uh, impromptu, what's the chance? What's the chance? This since is unsponsored. We're, since we're talking completely about uh, the Toledo Rockets running the ball, they come out and throw every down. <laughs> they're no. just like we are going to completely flip this thing on its head and we're going to throw every down they're a midwest, BYU's like thank you they're a midwest team they've yeah. been running the rock since 1346 <laughs> exactly now topic number two was so much talk about the run this week and that includes BYU running the ball and then stopping Toledo's run the outcome of the game would seem to come down to one of two things who will have the bigger impact in tomorrow's game Jerem is it BYU's rush defense or BYU's rushing offense? It seems obvious that it'd be the rush defense, so I'm going to argue for the rush offense, okay? I think that if BYU can establish the run with Emmanuel Supa, Lopini Katoa, and perhaps most importantly with Zach Wilson and, and get the, uh, the pass game open, then all of a sudden what's happening? Perhaps BYU gets a lead. Perhaps the pass is a little more open. Now Toledo's trailing at home, feeling the pressure, can't run as much, needs to throw. You control the clock. I think that the BYU rush offense could control this game more. I think BYU... Ha- is way better than what their numbers indicate at rush defense. I think BYU played quality competition, really good backs. Obviously, playing Zach Moss in Utah was a challenge. Uh, Washington brought it, right, with Newton and, and company. USC, Molly Payai was really good once BYU kind of let them run the ball a little bit. I think the rush offense for BYU can control this game. You said it when you started your comments. The obvious answer is rush defense. So that's where I'm going because it's the <laughs> obvious answer. It is BYU's rush defense. I did say but, so that negates anything oh, before that. It's right? like, uh, you know, not, yeah. to, not to offend, and then you say something that I offends. I don't need to offend you, but. Yeah, exactly. Everything about this game comes down to BYU stopping the run. That is what this game will come down to. I think the Cougar offense is going to score points. I think there are plenty of opportunities for BYU to score points, and I mean through the air and on the ground. I expect BYU's offense to look really, really good this week. It all boils down to whether or not BYU can be successful finding a way to slow down this rushing attack of the Toledo Rockets. That's what this game will come down to. Therefore, rush defense will play a larger factor. It's hard to know just how good that Toledo rush offense is. Yes, they're 11th in the country. Yes, they put it on Colorado State. But they played three games, not four. And they played a Kentucky team that's not the same team that was in the top 15 last year. This is kind of regular Kentucky that's not that great. FCS Murray State and then Colorado State is just okay, right? So it's hard to know how good Toledo is. I, I think BYU is on high alert. B, and, and I think it's good that the best game for Toledo was the last one. Right. So that you're like, oh, look what they did against a team that, uh, you know, BYU competed against uh, a while back. But kind of you would think that BYU is a better team than Colorado State given that the Cougars beat USC. Right and beat Tennessee on the road. BYU can be very good, but David Nixon said it in the post game last week. Which BYU team is going to show up? Here's the thing: Toledo ain't no Utah or Washington, right? But BYU needs to uh, have some urgency, given that it is a quality Group of Five team. Yes, it's not like BYU is above that level. I think Toledo and BYU are on a similar plane in terms of quality program. Well, the interesting thing, Jason Candle was asked this week, and, and sometimes you get this in its coach speak. I, I, I think he was being he was legitimately answering the question the way he felt. He was asked if BYU was the best team they would have faced so far. He says, yes, they are. He said, Zach Wilson is the best quarterback we will have faced thus far. They It'd be know. awesome if he was like, well, he's the third best. He's like, you know, 
I'm gonna I'm gonna go lower, but look, he knows how good this BYU team is, and yeah. from a physicality standpoint, I think BYU has a huge advantage there. Topic three: Who will be your Y factor in tomorrow's game? Oh, I finally get to pick a Y factor. Yeah, well, I like we it. Took it off countdown. So <laughs> well, look, since I'm going with the you rush defense, for two, but you're doing Y factor. <laughs> yeah, since I'm going with the rush defense having the biggest impact, I'm going to go with the biggest defensive disruptor, and that would be my guy. Kairos Tonga. Mm. Because of the reasons I previously talked about regarding the importance of stopping the run, it would seem to be obvious that my Y factor would be on the defensive side of the ball. I'm willing to bet that Toledo has not faced a defensive lineman as dominant as Kairos Tonga to this point. This is a guy that will absolutely destroy an offensive line if you are not prepared for that. His ability to disrupt things at the line of scrimmage can help with the rush defense, especially um, you know, with more help in the box. Plus, I think it could cause some real problems for Mitchell Gradani if he can get in the backfield. I, I think the Y factor is going to be Kairos Tonga. That's a good pick. It's the second best pick. Uh, the number one pick. Is <laughs> of two em- picks, it's is the second best. Emmanuel Isupa. I think this game comes down to, uh, you know, if... Obviously, if BYU's rush defense can do that. But I, like I said, if the BYU offense can control this game, Toledo's going to have to abandon what they do well. And I think BYU can make them uncomfortable if the offense kind of wakes up in this one. Emmanuel Supa, up to this point, uh, has played in three games, hasn't started any of them. Starting doesn't matter. But four and a half a carry has the touchdown, averaging 27 yards a game. So now's his time. 18 rushes, 85 yards. He's the guy. BYU brought him in from Rice to have this nice tandem with Tyson Williams. Lopini Katoa as well is going to get a legit opportunity here. Um, We'll talk to Spencer about what kind of ratio he thinks that could be um, in terms of Isupa versus Katoa. I think think Soup's getting the most carries, um, and I think he's got to be good. Yeah. Feed this man. Zeke Elliott, feed this man. I do like the approach that you're talking about in terms of In terms of offenses, BYU is the more well-rounded offense. I'm with you. If if this game comes down to Guadani having to throw the ball to win the game – I like BYU's I chances. I love BYU's I, chances. I like BYU's chances. And, and I, I like the idea that BYU can score on this defense enough where it's going to disrupt what Toledo wants to do because they're probably going to have to play catch-up. Yeah, and BYU's banged up at linebacker. That will certainly play a yes. role in the rush defense, right? Our question of the day, who will the Y factor for tomorrow's game at Toledo be? Uh, let's get to the voice of the nation. This is the voice of the nation. On BYU Sports Nation. At the casual hippie on Twitter. Soup! Isupa will blow everyone away as he steps up big time in this game. He has the opportunity to shine, and he will make the most of it. He certainly is a major player in this one. And, uh, yeah, if you're looking for a high-flying passing offense, I'm wondering if this will be the game. Perhaps Zach Wilson breaks out in this one, but uh, we shall see. Continue to tease on or uh, let us know your responses on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Uh, shameless plug, by the way, Emmanuel Supa will be my uh, Shep Talk interview nice. on Cougar Pregame Live tomorrow. So we'll hear from uh, Soup as he prepares for an extended uh, workload tomorrow. Coming up, speaking of Toledo, Spencer Linton will join us from Toledo. And how good are the Rockets? We'll talk with uh, Brent Balbanot, the voice of Toledo football, as we discuss the matchup. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. 
Get ready for BYU at Toledo tomorrow morning with Dave Blaine, David, and Spencer on Countdown to Kickoff. Coverage begins at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific on BYU TV. This is BYU Sports Nation, simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Great to have you on a Friday. It's a game day eve. You can feel the juice. Very exciting. If you missed the show live, you can always download the podcast or watch the show on BYUSN.com. Next to preview the Toledo Rockets and the matchup with the Cougars tomorrow on ESPN Plus and BYU Radio is the voice of the Rockets, Brent Balbinot, on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Brent, great to have you with us. Well, thank you. I appreciate you having me. We're looking forward to this matchup. This was a heck of a game in 2016 that featured NFL backfields for both teams. Perhaps <laughs> not this year, but still an interesting matchup. Uh, what do you think of uh, this year's edition? Well, I don't think we're going to quite see almost 135 points put up this <laughs> year. I do think there'll be some offense, but to be honest, uh, I think both teams have shored up defensively. But the way the game is played now, too, compared to, say, 10, certainly 20 years ago, it is different. People want to see offense. There's only so many different diagrams you can draw up defensively, but you've seen some of the offensive wizardly wizardry, excuse me. I don't care what coast you're on, north, south, east, west. So numbers do look glossier. Scores are higher. But I do not think we're going to see a game pushing 60 points on either side tomorrow. You know, BYU fans are certainly known to travel, and obviously with the, you know being affiliated with the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, you have a lot of people uh, all over the world that will go wherever <laughs> BYU plays. So I'm going to kind of give you the opportunity to be the Toledo Chamber of Commerce here. For, for those that may be <laughs> traveling to Toledo, what are some things they should do, maybe places to eat? What, what is, if you're going to Toledo, what are you supposed to see? Wow. Well, it depends on how much time they have. If they're going to make it a day trip, then I would say there's really a lot to do that you probably would think, man, I wish I could stay another day. If they're going to stay a whole weekend and maybe come back on Sunday, you know, I, I'm fairly new here. This will be my fourth year coming from the Big Ten, and I wasn't quite sure what to expect myself when I moved. And the athletic director, as part of his push to get me to take the job, took a Saturday off and literally drove me around town. And I was stunned, incredibly impressed. Uh, yeah, you're going to see your fair share because Toledo's a test market for virtually every fast food chain in America. But there are also <laughs> a lot of great local places. I guess to give you kind of an example, if you go downtown, there's a great Irish pub called the Blarney. It was the first meal I ever had with my wife when we moved here. It's owned by a local guy. He's a huge Toledo supporter. And you can't go wrong with a good Irish coffee and some potato latkes. If you like Italian, there's a great uh, local place called Rosie's. It's a little bit off campus by about 15 minutes or so. It's literally in the middle of a, a residential neighborhood. You'd miss it if you were, weren't looking for it, but it's tremendous. City Barbecue is fantastic. You could go downtown, too, and go to a place called The Docks. As Lake Erie kind of funnels into the Maumee River, that kind of splits the, the city in two a little bit. There's a row with about four or five restaurants, and it's called the Docks. That's the generic term for it, and you can't go wrong just sitting and having a meal or a margarita and watching the ships pass. And then I would also be remiss if I didn't mention a couple places. There's a family. There seems to be one in every place we go to. Whatever restaurant they touch turns to gold. They're called Mansi. So if you look up Mansi's uh, on the interwebs, you will find probably five or six restaurants. Throw a dart at one. You okay. can't go wrong. They've got a steakhouse. They've got a seafood place. They've got a barbecue joint, an Italian place. And since they're a big sponsor of ours, and they're right on the edge of campus, if you've got BYU fans that are tailgating and maybe don't want to stretch their legs too much, it's called the Stubborn Brother Pizza Bar. 
and they will even set your tailgate up for you. If you find a spot, oh, wow. call them up. Wow. They'll have their pizza, their sandwiches. They are so intense on this that they funneled their water with a filter to try and make it like New York City tap water to try and recreate what pizza in midtown Manhattan would taste like. So hopefully that gives you a smattering of places, at least <laughs> restaurant-wise, go. Yeah, Brent, you did you did Toledo uh, proud there. Very smattering. nice. Smattering. That was a plethora. Yeah, that was, that was extensive. <laughs> hey. uh, fantastic. We've got an art museum. We've got Libby Glass here. I don't know if you guys have heard of that, but they actually make it here. They've got a huge outlet also downtown. I mean, there's a number of places that will give you a real good flavor of the city. All right, let's talk about uh, some of the players in the game as well. So Bryant Kobach, what a performance. Career high 228 last week and four touchdowns. Uh, Toledo number 11 in the country in rushing offense. Is that where it starts and ends offensively uh, with Toledo, uh, BYU's uh, attempt to stop the run? Uh Here's what I would say, because it's all about matchups. You guys are well aware of this. And if the scout leans towards one particular area of your game one weekend, then you're going to go to that until the opposition can stop it. If the scout leans towards another area of your game the next weekend, then the coaches, any good coach, is going to set up a game plan to make sure they take advantage of that. What happened last weekend uh, up in Fort Collins against Colorado State was with that thin mountain air, some of the guys were feeling it a little bit. And so they even rotated on the offensive line. It's not uncommon to see four or five new guys come in about every half a dozen snaps defensively. They were rotating offensive linemen that night. They just made it part of their game plan. What ended up happening, and not to our surprise, but maybe to the level that it did, was that Colorado State just couldn't stop the run. Didn't matter who was in. So Kobach goes off for... 228 yards on 19 carries. You saw his explosiveness with his touchdown runs of 37, 47, and 75. But part of that is the scheme. They'll stretch him. They'll run him in between the tackles. But he's got such a great knack for seeing the hole before it's there or not trying to force the hole if it's not there. He can get to that extra football gear, that fifth gear, that breakaway speed that you usually see on the highlight reels at 6 and 10 or maybe it's 6 and 11 out in mountain time. I'm not sure. I'm getting mixed up on the time zones. Whenever your local sports is on, if he does that, no linebacker is going to catch him. That leaves him in a one-on-one matchup with the safety, and they'll take those, those odds any day of the week. I want to ask you about quarterback Mitchell Gudani. This is a guy that obviously can run the ball very well as well, coming off a pretty decent performance uh, at Colorado State. BYU has struggled to stop the run. They clearly are going in as defensively with the number one priority to slow down the rushing attack of Toledo's offense. Let's say they are able to have some success with that. Is Gudani capable of winning a game with his arm? Yes, without question. Uh, part of the problem is, and as a first-year starter last year, He's an extra running back when he decides to tuck it and run. And the offensive coordinator, Brian Wright here, and I used to joke because we used a phrase on the air once called running home to mama. Basically, <laughs> 1,001, 1,002. And if the, if the progression wasn't there, he was just going to take off because he trusted himself so much. And he's an extra running back once he breaks the line of scrimmage. The problem with that is he takes unnecessary hits. Uh, the season opener this year, perfect example of it. He did what he was supposed to do. He was sliding, and just at that unfortunate moment where the linebacker was coming in, he changed his level and took a shot in the head, boom, into concussion protocol, and he missed the second half of that game. His passing stats in that opener to that point, he was 7 for 12 for 122 yards. That's basically in one half. 
You figure if those extrapolate out to a full game, he's throwing for 250 to 300 yards, probably a touchdown or two. He can do it. But again, going back to last week, Coach Candle made the point, Colorado State couldn't stop the run, so why were we going to needlessly put Mitch in a situation where he could have turned the ball over or exposed himself? So they're going to continue to run. But Guadani's numbers last year, and I don't know if you guys were aware of this, he broke his collarbone scrambling last year in game number seven at Western Michigan. He had already thrown for almost 1,100 yards at that point in time in the season. Figure again, that's almost half the season. He would have been easily a 2,000-yard passer last year had he stayed healthy. So he's definitely got the decision-making capability. He's got the arm. He's not going to throw a 15-yard tree topper 20 yards downfield, but his short intermediate game is excellent, and he knows how to put some touch on the ball and let his receivers come underneath it. So if a push comes to shove, shove, excuse me, the long answer to your question is yes, he can do it. Talking with Brent Balbinot, the voice of the Toledo Rockets, previewing the matchup with BYU tomorrow. What's your perception of BYU through four games this season at 2-2? Two and two? Only team to play four power fives. Three of them were ranked a tough slate, and BYU uh, 500 at this point. Two words come to mind. When I talked to Coach Candle during his, his uh, nightly coaches show on Monday night, explosive and tough. You take a look at that preseason, that non-conference schedule, Three top 25-ranked opponents, very battle-tested, very tough. We're talking, I won't, I'll paraphrase, grown-sized men, uh, both on the offensive and defensive lines. Uh, if I remember right in watching the film for you guys against Washington last weekend, had a little trouble hanging on to the football. Those were extra opportunities that you probably don't want to give anybody, much less a top 25-ranked team. But offensively, even with the loss of uh, your stud running back, Still a lot of weapons and very concerned about how the Cougars basically stretch the width of the field, 53 and a third to 53 and a third. They're going to have to create some, some individual matchups this weekend. Okay, Brent, we appreciate the time. Look forward to the game tomorrow on ESPN Plus and uh, BYU Radio here. And, uh, of course, you're calling the radio there for Toledo. We appreciate the time. Anytime, guys. My pleasure. That was Brent Balbinot on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why, we show how. If you're going to the game, you know exactly where to go. He explained where to go in Toledo. That was fantastic. Yeah, that was, that was a comprehensive look at Toledo, Ohio. Yeah. Very nice. I don't think we need Spencer to explain the taste of Toledo <laughs> tomorrow and count on a kickoff. I'll just play that. Just, just replay that. Yeah. Coming up, why I choose, while I choose not to participate, Jeremy and Spencer will make their going for two picks. I'm up five. It's going well right now, but it's early. And we'll go live to He's Toledo. too confident. And no, I'm just... I know what I am. I'm up five. We'll get the latest from Spencer in Toledo. This is BYU Sports Nation. If you're not going to purchase the ESPN Plus broadcast, we've got you covered. Yeah. You can listen to Greg Rubel, Riley Nelson, and Mitchell Jurgens on the call of BYU at Toledo tomorrow. Cougar pregame live with myself and Riley Nelson will begin at 10 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. Pacific on BYU Radio. Go bright and early. Welcome back. Jeremy Jordan, Jason Shepard with you in Radio Vision live on BYU Radio and BYU TV. In case you missed it, here's today's headlines. Tomorrow, BYU plays in the Glass Bowl against the Toledo Rockets, the Cougars' first MAC road game since 1970. What? Coverage starts at 10 Eastern on BYU Radio, as mentioned, 11 Eastern on BYU TV. Games on ESPN Plus and BYU Radio. Also, Jake Oldroyd has been added to the Ray Guy Award watch list for the nation's best punter. 
Jamal Williams was carted off the field on a stretcher last night after taking a late helmet-to-helmet -helmet hit in the first quarter of the Packers' 34-27 loss to the Philadelphia Eagles. After receiving tests for head and neck injuries, the Packers did announce he has feeling and movement in all of his extremities. Great news. And he did post on social media this morning as well, so yep. that's, that's great. That was a scary moment. Cougars in the NFL this Sunday. Michael Davis in the Chargers will take on the Dolphins. Kyle Vanoy in the Patriots play the Bills. Sione Takitaki in the Browns face the Ravens. Uh, perhaps Sione Takitaki can try and slow down Lamar Jackson. That guy's awesome right now. Daniel Sorensen, Andy Reid, Jason Shepard, and the Chiefs will go against the Lions. Ezekiel Ansah has a back injury but could play Sunday for my Seahawks against the Cardinals and the Swiss Army Knife, which is the official nickname of Correct. Hill based on the uh, piece with Chris Thompson. And the Saints play the Cowboys. Number five, BYU women's soccer beats Long Beach State last night 3-0 for their seventh consecutive shutout. Oh! Goals came from Ellie Mon, Elise Flake, who leads the team with eight, and Ella Ballstedt. The Cougars now 9-0 on the season. They will host UC Irvine tomorrow at Southfield, the final non-conference game of the season, 9 p.m. Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Our question of the day, who will be the why factor in tomorrow's game at Toledo and why at dscott50 on Twitter? As much as I want the offense to break out, I think they will. Hopefully it's Kyrus in the D-line closing gaps and stumping their run game. I don't, I don't know. The the stumpage level could be high versus the stoppage level. Look, we both think that BYU's offense is going to find a rhythm tomorrow, that there's an yes. opportunity to do that. Yes. What do we think points-wise? What do we think is realistic from a point standpoint? In the 30s. I, I agree. Yeah. I think yeah. I don't see any reason why BYU cannot score in the 30s tomorrow. BYU has yet to uh, get to 28 in regulation yet. Yep. BYU, uh, you know, did, got 30 against USC, but in overtime, right? BYU needs to go 400-plus yards, 30-plus points in this game. Um, I'd be interested to see if it was a shootout. I, I, I wouldn't be shocked at that result, but I think that BYU is better suited if it's not. Right. Because you don't have Tyson Williams. You're adapting. You're trying to figure it out with, without him. Uh, Lauren Smith on Facebook. It has to be the D-line. Toledo's an offensive-minded team. They run and they get yards. The QB is mobile. The D-line needs to buckle down. Uh, blow up off the line and fill gaps. The injuries to the linebackers are certainly interesting in this matchup. Will BYU get Keenan Peely and Jackson Kafusi back, who did not play last week? Chaz Ayu and Isaiah Kafusi are uh, kind of banged up. They did play, but they didn't play a ton. Tyler Algier moved from running back right. to linebacker and played on the first series. I mean, they really trust him slash needed him well, early. And, and, that, and that's why coaches talk so much in the offseason about depth and getting guys ready to play because you never know when an injury or somebody's going to get banged up. you got to have guys ready to go, and BYU certainly is finding that out now. At G Hansen 25 on Twitter, a combination of Isupa and Katoa because it's their first game being the primary ball carriers, they won't disappoint. That's certainly the goal. Coming up, our rise and shout-outs. And can I extend my lead in going for two? We'll talk with Spencer Linton live from Toledo. This is BYU Sports Nation. You should uh, make some picks. I choose not to. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Fifth-ranked BYU women's soccer coming off a 3-0 victory at Long Beach State last night. They like to call it the beach. The Cougars host UC Irvine tomorrow in the final non-conference game of the season. Tune in at 9 Eastern, 6 Pacific on BYU TV and BYU Radio. We'll be on the calls on radio and TV, so looking forward to that one. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Uh, I'm Jeremy Jordan. He's Jason Shepard. Now joining us live from Toledo, Ohio, is Spencer Linton. Spencer, how is Toledo this morning? 
Gentlemen, the glass city is beautiful on the banks of the uh, Mame River. Uh, happy to be with you as BYU gets set for another big road game and in the tricky Eastern time zone. Yeah, let's talk about it. So second game uh, on the road, second Eastern time zone game, first group of five team. What's your sense of uh, the urgency level with this team now playing a team that's not a power five team, but this is a good Toledo squad. Yeah, no question. And there, there are members of this BYU team that remember the Toledo group that came into Lavelle Edwards Stadium in 2016 and put up 53 points. They know what they're capable of, that they are traditional power within their own conference, the MAC. And, yeah, BYU didn't perform well against Washington, so the urgency is very high. I think the biggest question is how healthy is BYU coming out of the first four against that gauntlet of uh, power five teams? So the urgency is high. But I think that the team, the coaches are excited to find out what kind of uh, depth this team really has as they come back out on the road and take on a very capable Rockets team. Spencer, earlier in the show, Jeremy and I had a really good conversation uh, about uh, greater impact. Who do you think will have the greater impact on tomorrow's game? Will it be BYU's rushing offense or BYU's rushing defense? So I think it has to be BYU's rushing defense they have been statistically not good right but then you consider the level of competition and how heavily those teams have rushed the ball but i think that byu's rush defense is going to face a toledo offense that will allow them to make a few more plays i I wouldn't be surprised to see byu stack the box as much as possible and really force toledo to have to pass the ball so just by nature of the game plan and from what i'm sensing from the coaches and conversations that i've had i think it has to be the byu defense rush defense specifically that has the bigger impact on this game if the cougars want to walk out of here with a victory I almost wonder, and I did argue for the BYU rush offense so that BYU uh, makes Toledo, let's say BYU rushes the ball well and gets a lead. Now Toledo has to throw the ball, say, uh, in the game. Perhaps BYU can keep that vaunted 11th ranked uh, rush uh, offense of Toledo off the field. So that transitions us into who's running the rock for BYU. Tyson Williams out for the season with the torn ACL. Emmanuel Supa and Lopini Katoa and others uh, get more of the load. How much more effective do you feel the BYU run offense will be against a Toledo defense that hasn't played it very well? Yeah, Jared, and to your point, yes, the BYU rush offense, no, no question. In a perfect world, the rush defense with them stacking the box would keep that Toledo offense off the field and force them to throw and then put additional pressure on by scoring some points and kind of winding that clock down inside the glass bowl of the home of the Rockets. Uh, but I, I think it's going to be, if I had to put a ratio to it of Emmanuel Isupa and Lopini Katoa, I would think it's probably... 60, 65% Emmanuel Isupa in terms of the number of snaps he's in, and Lopini Katoa 35 to 40%. I think they're capable. This Toledo defense is definitely not Washington. It's definitely not Utah. And it's certainly not Tennessee or USC, two teams that BYU found a way to beat. So the Cougars should have some success on the ground. But the Toledo pass defense... I think is suspect as well. Having looked at the all-22 footage and and talked with uh, the BYU coaches, they feel like that they can pretty much have their way, whether it be through the air or on the ground. And Zach Wilson is inclined, as you know, to run as well. So it doesn't have to just be Emmanuel Supa and Lopini Katoa. I think we could see Zach Wilson make some big plays with his legs tomorrow as well. Let's talk about Zach Wilson as we chat with Spencer Linton live from Toledo, Ohio. Uh, Spencer, Zach has three touchdown passes in four games. Uh, Certainly not the numbers he was hoping for and that we expected. 
Is this a breakout opportunity for Zach Wilson against Toledo? Without question. This is a defense that will allow BYU to scheme and be effective in a way that I think that they haven't really enjoyed to this point. And this is not, you know, a, a hit per se on Toledo or or maybe it is. I, I don't know. But it definitely I mean, is. when you look at the numbers and yeah, the, the type of athletes <laughs> that Toledo is going to put on the field compared to what BYU has faced in the first four weeks. It doesn't take long to figure out that BYU should be better against this type of team. And this is the perfect opportunity for Zach Wilson to show his team, look, I know Tyson Williams is out. I'm going to take this team, and we're going to go, and we're going to beat a good team on the road, and and you need to hop on my shoulders, and, and we're going to do it. So, yeah, I think Zach Wilson, this is the ideal opportunity for him to show BYU that he's the leader, that he can step up now that his other – uh, backfield mate Tyson Williams can't help out anymore. Okay, let's get to some going for two picks. He's been very excited to do this. Can you predict the future? Yep. <laughs> These guys think they can. We're going for two on BYU Sports Nation. Going for two is presented by Delta Airlines. Keep climbing. My lead continues to climb as well. The scoreboard looks like this. Uh, I have seven points. Spencer has two, and Jason refuses to participate, so he has zero. Uh, Spencer, you are uh, behind me in the standings, so you get to go first. What are you going for two picks? <laughs> you put that lightly. You are behind in the standings. Yes, <laughs> yes, I'm getting my rear end kicked. It's early. So it's i got to step it up. Um, I think I, uh, I feel good about my opportunity to go two for two this week. My number one pick. Amazingly, BYU has not held a double-digit lead at any point this season. Uh, and again, this has been a strong level of competition they faced early in the schedule. Tomorrow, or I should say uh, Saturday morning for you watching in Utah and Saturday afternoon here in Toledo, BYU will hold its first double-digit lead of the entire season. It will okay. happen against the Rockets in Toledo, okay? My number two pick, I think the BYU rush defense will hold the Toledo rush offense to 150 yards on the ground or less. Ooh, so, wow. again, going back to the earlier question you asked me, yeah, I think the BYU rush defense will have a major impact in this game. I think they need to if BYU is going to sneak out of here with a victory. That's significant. Okay, are, are you sure you don't want to pick, Jason? Look, if Spencer goes 0-2 and I were to pick today and go 2-0, we'd be tied. Yeah, and this would. is week five. Yes, yes, you would. Okay, but I choose. Again, I, I, am, I am not picking. I am choosing not to pick. Okay, my two picks. One, Zach Wilson will throw two or more touchdowns. He's thrown three in four games. This is the game where he throws at least multiple touchdowns, right? Not super aggressive. Um, but I, I think it'll happen. And then my second pick is like yours, but it's not as aggressive. I said Toledo will rush for fewer than 200. They're averaging 269. They put it on the ground a ton. They won a game uh, scoring 41 points with six completed passes. They love to rush. They love to rush. So our pick is almost identical, except yours is more aggressive on the second one. Okay. I think mine should be worth two points then. If, if oh, you're okay are we at that, that point this year now? We're not at that point yet. We're not that desperate. I hope, yeah. though, Spencer gets that one right, because if BYU's <laughs> rush defense can hold them under 150, it's going to be a really good day for the we, BYU Cougars. We'd both get it. Uh, Spencer, let's finish with this. No, definitely a somber one. Uh, always the consummate professional, but uh, we're, we're sorry to hear, and we're thinking about you as, as your father, Kent, passed away this morning. Um, some real... Real sensitive feelings there for sure. Um, I guess what do you what do you want to say about Kent? And uh, we are thinking about you and your family, Spencer. 
Well, I appreciate that. And uh, I want to mention a couple of things. Um, my father served his mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints way back when and when it was called the Great Lakes Mission. So I am literally in his, uh, his old mission area and can't help but think about all the stories he told me is uh, the lush green and, and the rolling hills out here. And, and so in a strange way, I feel uh, really connected to him, even though I'm not back in Utah. So um, been driving around listening to his favorite music and, and just being in the area. And my mom told me a funny story this morning in relation to BYU football. My dad was a former True Blue hero and a huge BYU football fan. And he said, well, how am I going to watch BYU football games in heaven? And my mom said, just find Lavelle. And uh, I think it'll work out. Um, but uh, I appreciate uh, all the love and support across BYU Sports Nation. Um, so many of you reached out to me and, and helped my dad with a GoFundMe account so he could fulfill some of his bucket list wishes. And uh, just feeling a lot of gratitude and love and um, somber for sure, but uh, uh, firmly believe that he's, he's at peace and he battled cancer courageously. And um, I'm sure that uh, there are several of his family members that are excited to be reunited with him but uh love you guys and uh you know i in a, in a tough time he would tell me to smile because he used to always remind me you make me smile spencer and so he'd tell me to smile here and, and that's what i'm gonna do and and we're gonna we're gonna go and we're gonna see if uh, BYU can't win one for kent okay. awesome spencer we, we love you, you spencer we love you man thanks thanks guys more from Spencer Linton coming up uh, tomorrow and more from us coming up after the break. The Cougar Whip Round and a special Rise and Shout. This is BYU Sports Nation. This segment of BYU Sports Nation presented by Delta Airlines. Keep climbing. Thanks to today's guest, voice of the Toledo Rockets, Brent Balbanot and Spencer Linton, both from Toledo. Yeah, the show on demand via podcast and the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Football. Tomorrow, BYU plays in the Glass Bowl against the Toledo Rockets, the Cougars' first MAC road game since back in 1970. Coverage starts at 10 a.m. Eastern on BYU Radio, 11 a.m. Eastern on BYU TV. The game will be broadcast on ESPN Plus as well as BYU Radio. One other football note, Jake Oldroyd has been added to the Ray Guy Award watch list for Best Punter. Nice. Cougars in the NFL. Jamal Williams was carted off the field on a stretcher last night after taking a late helmet-to-helmet hit in the first quarter of the Packers' 34-27 loss to the Eagles. He did receive tests for head and neck injuries. The Packers did announce, and Jamal posted this morning, he has feeling and movement in all his extremities, and he is doing okay. Cougars in the NFL this Sunday. Michael Davis and the Chargers will take on the Miami Dolphins. Kyle Vannoy and the Patriots play the Buffalo Bills. Sione Takitaki and the Browns face the Baltimore Ravens. Daniel Sorensen, Andy Reid and the Chiefs will go against the Detroit Lions. Former Lion Ezekiel Ansa has a back injury but could play for the Seahawks against the Cardinals. And Taysom Hill and the Saints play the Dallas Cowboys. Soccer. The fifth-ranked Cougars put up three goals all in the second half to win 3-0 at Long Beach State last night with scores from Ellie Mon, Elise Flake, and Ella Ballstead. Cougs are now 9-0 on the season and have allowed one goal. They host UC Irvine tomorrow night, 9 Eastern, on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Volleyball. Number nine, BYU Women's Volleyball swept Gonzaga last night for their first WCC win of the season, first of many. McKenna Miller had 13 kills in the victory. The Cougars will play at Portland tomorrow, 3 p.m. Eastern. You can watch that on the WCC Network. 
cross country. The second-ranked men's team and the sixth-ranked women's team compete in the Bill Dellinger Invitational tomorrow in Springfield, Oregon. Hockey. BYU hockey has two games this weekend, Friday versus UVU, 9 okay. p.m. Eastern, and Saturday versus Utah State, also at 9 p.m. Eastern. Both games will be played at home at the Peaks Ice Arena. Tennis. After a successful performance at the Wildcat Invitation last week, the men's team plays today and tomorrow in Colorado Springs at the Air Force Invitational. And the first tournament of the season for the women, they play today and tomorrow in the Cal Fall Invitational in Berkeley. Softball. How about a fall exhibition for the BYU softball team tonight? 9 p.m. Eastern time, they will be hosting Snow College. Golf. The men's team opens the season in the William H. Tucker Invitational today and tomorrow in Albuquerque. Cougars in the major leagues. Taylor Cole pitched two-thirds of an inning and struck out one in a 4-3 Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim win over the Astros. And shout-out to my guy uh, Felix Hernandez. Had his uh, final game with the Mariners uh, last night. An emotional scene there at uh, T-Mobile Park. It was uh, pretty cool. A long-time Mariner. Love Felix. Love Felix. Our question of the day. Who will be the Y factor for tomorrow's game at Toledo and why? At SouthernBoy underscore 40 on Twitter. Kairos Tonga will have a big impact on grounding the Rockets offense. I you like mentioned that. him as your Y factor in the game. I, I, he can control the game. We saw it against USA. He can disrupt every single thing the Rockets offense wants to do. Yeah, they can ground them. as uh, Ground them, as yes. Mentioned. Very nice. Eric R. Eric on Twitter. Is it too soon for a Christmas reference? Oh, run, oh, run, Emmanuel. Isupa will be the Y factor. Five yards and a cloud of dust all day. The, uh, that snuck past the goalie. The, uh, the five yards and a cloud of dust? Wasn't it three yards and a cloud of it dust? It was three yards. I would take five yards. Right now he's 4.4 at BYU. He was a 4.0 kind of guy at Rice. So if he can get to the five mark, that would be pretty I, good. For I have high expectations for what Emmanuel Isupa can do. I think he's going to have success. Five tomorrow? Five a carry? I, I don't see why not. Yeah, I, I think against this Toledo defense, which we uh, chronicled yesterday, has been gashed defensively. There's an opportunity there. I think that BYU uh, is not Colorado State. I think the Cougars are better than the Rams. I think BYU could have some success tomorrow. But can BYU contain? They don't have yeah. to stop. Yep. Stop is an aggressive word against the nation's 11th-ranked rush defense. But I, Toledo hasn't played a team like BYU quite yet. Hey, and according to their coach, BYU is the best team they will have faced so far. There you go. Uh, continue to weigh in on uh, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We will continue to uh, look at those responses throughout the day. The Elite Voice of the Day is presented by Sundance Mountain Resort at Pask Pask BYU on Twitter. The offensive line, giving Wilson time to throw and not be pressured as well as blocking for Isupa and Katoa. If the O-line steps up big, BYU leaves with a W. Our combined rise and shout-out. We mentioned it with Spencer. Certainly an emotional time for the Linton family as uh, Spencer's dad, Kent, passed away earlier this morning. Spencer chronicled uh, some of his life and talked about uh, the battle with cancer uh, that he lost this morning uh, but fought valiantly. Huge fan of the show. Huge fan of the Cougars. Great story uh, from, from Spencer about how will I watch BYU football in heaven. Fine Lavelle. That's Just, great. That's, that's awesome. And... Uh, Kent was a good dude. He was certainly a, a great guy, and we really appreciate um, all of that. Two years ago, Kathy Aiken produced a story about Kent that aired on Countdown to Kickoff. We wanted to end the show with that piece. He was a true blue hero at practice in 2017. Get to know the man, a member of our BYU Sports Nation family, Kent Linton. It was a day fit for a hero. A true blue hero like Kent Linton. It was a huge surprise. I had no idea that they would have prepared such a welcome for such an ordinary guy. 
But Kent is no ordinary guy. He's a larger-than-life hero to his son, Spencer. The best thing about my dad is he sees the best in everyone. He helped me understand how to be an optimistic person and to, to see the best in impossible situations. The, the best thing about Spencer, it's the fact that our friendship from my fatherhood when he was little to my fatherhood now when he's an adult has evolved so that I feel connected to him at every stage of life. Like the spiritual stage when Spencer was baptized, or the athletic stage when Kent was his coach, and the missionary stage when they were separated for two years. I walked past his room and I realized how much I was going to miss that son. Spencer has many happy memories with his father, especially Saturday nights when they gathered to watch BYU football games in front of their old Zenith television. There was no question what was going to happen in the Linton home on a Saturday night. If BYU was playing a football game, we were ordering popcorn. pizza and have homemade popcorn and drink root beer, and we were going to watch, you know, BYU football because that's what we did. But the current stage may be most difficult. Kent is battling cancer, and the prognosis is unknown. What's certain is his faith in God. I'm not afraid of, of death, not at all. I just have this uh, very calm, peaceful feeling like, regardless of what the Lord wants to happen, I'm at peace with it. And if he gives me more time, I'm thrilled. Initially, because you think, oh, it's your dad, he's invincible, this is, this is not happening, he, like, it, it just doesn't seem real. I do have the faith and the testimony that this is just the stage. It's sad when it ends here for those that are here and, and left behind, but there are greater things ahead. Kent says he believes in greater things because he lives a life focused on Christ. I actually love him more than I did before I knew I had cancer. I actually have found a greater ability to feel his love in the onslaught of the disease. We don't know how much time, so we're going to maximize it. And uh, we just want to, you just want them to feel like the heroes that they are in your mind. We love you. Thank you so much. A true blue hero for a day, Spencer's larger-than-life hero forever. One, two, three, go! Yeah!